When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Hello, everybody. What? Oh, my goodness. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Gabe's got his Kelsey Plum Plum Dog t-shirt on. Oh, my gosh. It's bigger than hoops. That's what I have on today. Because, look, the WNBA championship was crowned last night. And we're going to chop it up right now on Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter-Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. And Gabe, what a conundrum, what a crescendo of action in the WNBA championship where the Aces win their back-to-back WNBA titles in dramatic fashion, shorthanded at all. It's uh, one of the most stunning victories I can remember in the uh, WNBA finals. There's been a couple. I kind of started making a list, but then I was like, I don't want to shortchange any game that I don't like to have a clear picture. But like, this is one of the best WNBA finals games I've ever seen. This is one of the weirder ones, too. We had a lot of weird things going on that we'll get into. Mm -hmm. And I I just like, I don't know, my, my brain... (laughs) <laughs> was so locked in on okay we're Friday we have game five you know Friday's gonna be game five I think yeah. I texted I think I texted Dano uh our podcast host yeah. of uh dice it up I think I texted him earlier in the game like you know hey I, I don't think the aces have it tonight but they're playing well enough that like you know they can get it they can get there for game five I think they can win game five uh-huh. so in my in my brain I was so locked in on game five yeah and then uh Asia Wilson just decided hey no we're going home you're gonna have a free Friday night and uh, I appreciate it because like, yeah. they just they just stepped up and won without yeah. Chelsea Gray, without Kia Stokes, without Candace Parker, who has not been in the picture for no, a while. For a minute, yeah. CP, I, I'm I'm shocked. That's why I have the 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 little title here says "Shock Aces Shock Liberty." <laughs> I, I didn't think there was any way that the Aces could shock us, but they did. They and, sure and did. Yeah, I'm I'm very surprised. 
Yeah, I. you know what? In the first quarter, I was a little concerned. Well, you know what? I was extremely concerned because mm-hmm. you could tell that the hinges were a little loose for the aces in terms of how well they were taking care of the ball or or not, right? They had eight turnovers and some of them were just like soaring straight out of bounds. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh man, they really missed Chels. And then they got it together. And I think they only ended up with 13 turnovers for the entire game. Same as the correct? Liberty. Yep. Yeah. They had eight in the first half. Eight in the first half. I, I said quarter, but yeah, eight in the first half. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You you were right. I'm sorry. Eight oh, first was... quarter turnovers. Eight first quarter turnovers. That is my bad. I know. I was up late. Did you, see, did, I you see, sleep, so. did you see Alicia talk about the uh, Doris? Or no, I'm not sorry. I'm talking about the NBA. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holly. Uh, but Holly, Holly yeah. interviewed. Um, I did see that. Yeah. Alicia after, after the first quarter. And she goes, you guys said eight. First quarter turnovers, and Alicia goes, Jesus, we did? And, uh, but, you know, it, you got to stop throwing it all over the place, I think she said. But she had a lot of them, too. They were so optimistic. Corrected, you know, she corrected it. They were just so optimistic the whole time. They, when they talked to Becky yeah. after the second quarter, first quarter, it, it was, like, so optimistic the entire time. Yeah. But what I thought was funny was before the game, um, there were questions being uh, pitched to Becky about, game plan and defensive schemes like how are you going to manage your players right now you there are no um you can't have an emergency pickup you know of any players in, in the finals and all that all the rules and everything and and not that you would want that anyway to mess up the little bit of chemistry and understanding that you have in the first place but she said we're going to throw every defensive action at them that we can and we may not know what we're doing, but neither will New York. So I was just like, just go out there. And, you know, they can't scout against it. So it was almost like in their favor because of the rejuvenation, if you will, of, of what they could do defensively, being shorthanded like that. They had to come up with it in a day and a half and work through it and then throw it out there in an elimination game for New York, right? So New York is probably like, this is what we were expecting, but now they're down these two players. What is their game plan going to change to? And they didn't have time to change, right? They didn't have time to make those adjustments. So let's talk about the defense. I mean, it was a rock fight in terms of the score being 39 to 30 at the half. We were talking about the turnovers for the aces in the first half as well, the first quarter um, alone with those eight, but it was a defense, right? I think uh, John Cole Jones only had eight touches all game long. So it wasn't that she was missing, but in the case of Stewie, gosh, she was not getting her shots down. Well, she just needed one shot to fall. They lose by one point, and Stewie only gets three shots to fall all game. So credit the defense from Las Vegas for denying touches for JJ, where, I mean, the height advantage was something that I was concerned Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. without Stokes in there. You know, big guard, Chelsea Gray is 6'1", right? They're losing a lot of their height and, and strength. So, you know, they did a good job of scrambling and, and not allowing touches, uh, keeping New York off the glass because of their size advantage. So I just thought it was incredibly impressive defensively to come up with the scheme after losing out on two starters, right, with the injury, and then coming in there and executing. So, you know, you, you have to tip your hat and shake the hand of Becky Hammond, who to me is a savant in the game and just with her wisdom and, and belief in her team. And she was just like, in some of the, you know, Mike Tuttles, she was like, we got a little momentum right now. Like just 
And it wasn't even anything she was writing schematically at that moment, right? As soon as they sit down, she's telling them that. Like she's giving them that good juju, that good energy, that good uh, belief and confidence, right? Before she even gets into anything tactically sound on the whiteboard, right? She's mm -hmm. like, the momentum. Like, let's go. Like, we got to get stops and scores. We got to just bear down defensively. And, you know, that's what you do. Like, it's the first thing you say when you sit down with your team and the last thing you say out of the huddle that resonates uh, with your with your players. And so I just thought it was um, an incredible job by Becky Hammond, too, to lay a plan in, in place and an extraordinary job by the team to execute it. Because, you know, one without the other is, is no good. <laughs> So I, I want to talk about the defense, but I also want, I, I got to echo you on Becky Hammond. I thought, and that's, that's kind of what I said, like, just like the entire tone of the team, the entire game was, we got this. And it's one thing to like, tell yourself that. Right. But it's another thing when you can actually believe it. And it comes across that's as right. like, we actually believe this. We actually think it's going to happen. And it's not that crazy to think of with this team. So obviously they are the defending champions. They you know, even without Chelsea, without Candice, without Kia Stokes, they still have three, I mean, three, four players, five players Number that one. you would take on any team. Um, yep. At the very yep. least, you have Alicia Clark, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, and Asia Wilson. Every team in, in the league wants them. Um, Hello. And all of them have championship medal. All of them understand what to do. It was just, and you had Chelsea Gray still on the sidelines coaching. You had Candace Parker still there in the background, making sure, yep. and, and, and everyone brought what they needed to bring. They did. And it was just like that confidence, I think, goes back to Becky Hammond. And I think she deserves a huge amount of credit for that because it's it's easy there to get like, you're nervous. I, she yeah. was nervous. Yeah. The whole team was nervous. Yeah. You're not actually fully confident when you're doing something. No. But just to have that, that aura of like, we are good. We are yeah. going to figure this out. Even when we're down 10, the attitude was, we're only down 10. Hey, when we're down 6, we're only down 6. Right. Hey, when we're down 12... We're only down 12. That doesn't, we can come back from that. And that's exactly what they did. They just kept chopping. They found the time in that third quarter to go off. And yeah. I think, as you mentioned, defense was there all night. And I think the two players, again, that deserve a massive amount of credit are Asia Wilson and Alicia Clark. Yeah. Alicia, you know, I would say how many, the vast majority of possessions she was on Brianna Stewart in this game. I think we could say that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Other players had time on her, but. Alicia Clark had the main assignment there. Asia Wilson had the main assignment on John Cole Jones. Had to be there. Had to not be in foul trouble. Had to stay on them the entire game and deny touches. Amazing job by those two. Yeah. Um, and, man, I we got to talk a little bit more about Asia. Because that was – That was a uh, – a I'm the best player on the planet, and yeah. this conversation's over. Yeah. Type of series, type of season, um, type of game. Yeah, she just decided at some point that I'm not losing this game. Right, and, it's and and you only see the best players ever do this, and she's certainly already there. Yeah, and she is. How old is Asia? Twenty five, maybe. I I think they said twenty seven. Twenty seven. Okay, so Asia's only twenty seven. We got a long way to go. Yeah, we got a long way to go of this player who is already the best player in women's basketball. And I, you know, and no offense to you, I, lo I love Brianna Stewart. She's an amazing player. I love Alyssa Thomas. She's an amazing player. Wilson's on a different level right now. I think this game proved it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, 24 and 16. Okay. For, for the record, let's just go ahead and, and give her um, future Hall of Famer, you know, yeah, 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 a couple times sure. over. Let's just go ahead and hand that to her because 
when you can come into that kind of adverse environment and climate for your team and your team needs you and you know that and you bring that, that's a different level like what you're talking about. And when you have that level of mentality and, you know, to hear her after the game, albeit with, you know, some sips of champagne involved too, but it was really funny. But I was watching all the pressers and all of, you know, Sydney Colson's lives. And, you know, it was just great to experience all that with, with the aces. But to hear Asia Wilson say, you know, I spoke with Dawn Staley today. You know, she called me or texted me or something and said, how you doing? Are you good? And she's like, you know, I have the bubble guts, but I'm good. <laughs> like, she was, everybody was nervous and everybody started laughing. She was like, don't laugh because you guys had the bubble guts too. Everybody was nervous, you know, so your body is like freaking out. You saw what happened with Sabrina. She needed a trash can. It's like these, these moments are huge. Right. And, and they work in your mind first and you don't understand how hard that is to jump those mental hurdles while you're trying to be physically intact and, and mentally sound and focused. So that was a challenge that she most certainly mastered in the game. And for her just to come out and be as effective and efficient and to be able to sustain it for the entire game mm-hmm. was amazing. And for me, it's always going to be about her reaching out to Cheryl Swoops and, and other uh, savants. I think she reached out to, to Spoon, too, Teresa Weatherspoon, and, and other greats in the, in the past in the WNBA. And, and someone asked her, like, what did they tell you? you mm-hmm. know? And she said, just to go out there and get it done. <laughs> and sometimes it's just that easy. Be you. And get the job done, right? And when she went out there and did it the way that she did it, and that turnaround fader, and Dawn was up, swelling up, I was screaming. I'm surprised I have a voice because I was like on 11 with my yelling during that moment and others. But it was just so exciting. And to see that through Dawn's eyes, too, was really for me, a thrill, um, knowing how much she loves them and how much she's a dream merchant for them. And she's right there. For yeah, how about those seats? Too. Coats too. Yeah, she was sitting right behind Becky, and she was leading. Did Don pay for those seats? Did they get Don those seats? I want to know. I feel like uh, they don't give away those seats. I feel like you got to pay for those. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, not she, that you can't afford it. I'm just wondering. I was gonna say she's good for it. Yeah, she can afford you know? it. I just like I'm wondering. Did they did they give her the seats? Because whoever did that's really smart. If I, I wonder oh, if like oh. if I was ESPN, I would have been like, hey Don, if you're coming anyways, <laughs> right. we're gonna put you right here. Follow the usher to. Uh, Seat 1A, right, <laughs> right next to the bench. No, but it, it was so funny. And, uh, you know, when she was, like, yelling, she was like, I can't get a technical for yelling at the rest. And she was most certainly involved in the game. And I thought it you was can. so funny. It you was can so get a tech, though, just for the record. If you're a fan, oh, you can yeah. get a tech. Yeah. But I think she, be knew, like, she knew exactly. She told that line, like, you know, I have the three, you know, my three babies. When they, we were in the car, they were in the back of the, the SUV, whatever, mm-hmm. the truck. It's like, I'm not touching him or I'm not touching her. And it's like right here. <laughs> That's exactly what Dawn was doing. Uh, <laughs> You're like a centimeter away. So let's not. So, yeah. Um, but I just thought it was awesome. I just thought she was fabulous. And I love the fact that she was sitting down and sobbing, you know, mm-hmm. right after. And, and just the emotion of that moment. Um, knowing that she was disappointed with not being um, recognized as the MVP in the regular season. But, you know. I've, you know, as a coach, I've felt that a lot, you know, and to win and cut the net is far greater than any certificate of MVP. You can keep that, 
I'm gonna take the Nets. That's what I told our kid. Uh oh. Christy went down momentarily. We're gonna take a brief pause. Sorry about that technical difficulty, but what <laughs> I was saying is, you know, when I was coaching, I would say, you know, you can take the little certificate for MVP and coach of the year and all that stuff. Y'all can have it. We're undefeated, right? And we cut the net. So that that's the proof right there when you win, right? You just win. And all that other stuff is fine, you know, and kudos when you get those certificates and, mm -hmm. and, and the crowns on your head for, for that. But the ultimate is when you go back in the gym and you see, you know, that banner that has the championship for your team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the individual accolades are, are fantastic. That's fun. I get it. You earn those, you know, whatever. And people have their own political thoughts about. Uh, how that works on every level. I've seen it. Um, trust me, and I don't want to get all down that rabbit hole, but listen, it's a true thing. It's a true thing. Um, but, you know, for Asia to sit down there and and to just savor in that championship moment, I mean, she's not even thinking about, you know, being snubbed mm -hmm. in her mind uh, in a lot of other people's minds too uh, about not getting the MVP in the, in the regular season. So for me, it was very special to see Dawn uh, share that moment with her and Elena Coates as well uh, from mm -hmm. South Carolina, but also to mm -hmm. see Asia kind of just full on feeling the emotion of that moment and, and just riding the wave of it and just reveling in that joy and the love of the game. You saw that just oozing out of her and it was, it was really special to watch. It, it was, it, it's an, it was an incredibly cool moment to see her win last year. Uh, it's an incredibly cool moment to see her win this year. And, and, it's all that work that they've put in because you can clearly see how much this team has worked to get better since they yeah. all, you know, at least those three players. And that's something that was really kind of cool is like, you know, obviously you want to have trust. You want to have Kia Stokes. You want to have your whole team around, <laughs> but to do it yeah. with mainly the three players, at least in terms of the leaders coming into this game, the three players who were your number one picks, three, they got three number one picks back to back to back. Turns out they nailed all three of them. Yeah, and it turns out having all three of those number one picks has really helped them build one of the best teams in in WNBA history, as we'll get yeah. into a little bit later. But it was really cool to see. It was just it was those three, and you can see all the work that all three of them have put in since they got to the organization, both in terms of their own play on the court and making that organization yeah. into this winning behemoth that can do something <laughs> like this, that can pull off a game yeah. like this, um, even without you know the depth although we can we can get into the depth i just want to want to give you a chance to uh, clear one thing up uh, who'd you vote for for uh, mvp say it one more time who'd you vote for for mvp i voted for asia wilson for mvp unapologetically uh i just always for me everyone has their own thing but for me it's best player on the best team period and for me it was asia wilson and her consistent play all season long. And that's what I had. And I don't know who that fourth place voter was. It wasn't you, was it, Gabe? I don't have a vote. Oh, I would have okay. voted for Asia. <laughs> okay, okay, good. I would have voted for Asia. And then, I, <laughs> yeah, I think that? I would love for, I think I tried to find the fourth and fifth place. And I was just like, it's not, they're not the same. Like there would have to be a, we would have to skip fourth place for the first three. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I would have voted for Asia. Absolutely. I don't know. I yeah. don't know who voted for her for fourth place because that's, Insane. insane that's crazy i had Alyssa thomas second too that was mine because yeah. Alyssa was killing and you know even with an injury to brianna jones and it was almost like the same kind of adverse situation she was able to maintain and sustain but yeah. because vegas was better yeah yeah they, all, they were all similar they're all similar and you can't 
And and the thing is, Asia does right. it. As we mentioned, she does it on both ends. And the other thing I like about Asia, and um, you know, this is kind of just a change in basketball. I think in the last, I don't know, like four years, is just kind of the return of the post. Yeah. Uh, there's a return to the high post uh, with bigs. Yeah. Um, there's we're not still we're not back in the old days where you, everything goes down to the low post. No, it's but you not. look at you look at this game. It, there was a lot. There was a lot of the sets were to get into the post, whether it was for Asia, whether it was for Alicia Clark sometimes, which is mm-hmm. awesome. I love Alicia yeah. Clark. Yeah, slipped her right down in front. Yeah, whether whether it was for John Quell or Stewie, it was just a lot of post play. Yeah. Um, and I think after so many years of everyone freaking out, oh, we're it's five out. There's no centers. <laughs> it's like okay, now we're right back into. Get the ball into In. your your big and let them work. That's work. what Asia did this entire season, last <laughs> season, her whole career, um, and she's just doing it in such a an electric way from the post. Like she's she's making it. It, it just looks cool, you know. They're, they're, she's doing stuff that we've seen that we saw when I was growing up, and, and then kind of faded away mm-hmm. in in basketball for a while, and, and certainly in men's basketball. Now it's coming yeah. back where we have an Asia Wilson, where we have a John Carl Jones, where we have a Jokic and Embiid, any of these guys that yeah. really do play through the post. And that's why I, I really just enjoyed watching her, you know, get her touch at the elbow and go from the pinch mm-hmm. post because she is the best in the world at doing that. And yeah. she did it awesome. And on that step back jumper that won them the game, essentially. I don't, actually, I don't remember if that was the go ahead. No, because Courtney hit one. Yeah, but it was still a clutch bucket. Yeah. They needed that one. It may not have been a buzzer beater, but it was a momentum saver for Las Vegas. And it was crucial, too, because she had, I think she had Stewie on her, who has, mm-hmm. you know, a, whatever, seven-foot wingspan, whatever. And she was right there in her face. And it didn't matter. And it was beautiful. And her wrist, yeah. like the slow, there was a slow-mo where the bounce of Asia's wrist was just, it was so soft and feathery, man. I, you know, I loved it. I feel it like she, she it was textbook. Yeah. She kind of changed up the timing of, of some of her stuff. I, she, mm-hmm. she kind of made it a little bit faster, her release and just like when she was pulling up because she was mm-hmm. getting blocked and contested more in that game three. Yes. The reason why Vegas lost that game three was because of those contests coming from John Quell and Stewie. Mm-hmm. So Asia just kind of sped up or stopped a little earlier on most yeah. of her moves and just pulled up from wherever she was. Yeah. And they gave her just enough space to, um, to, to score and that was as I'm as it turns out that was their last bucket that was the aces last score of the game so that was the game winning bucket that was it was it was clutch and I mean and she also like you said from the elbow areas they they like to feed her there that's just been typical mm-hmm. um in Las Vegas for Asia when Becky got there right get her at mm-hmm. the nail and um or the elbows and let her go to work um but for me there was this one move. I think she's on the right-hand side. She's a lefty, okay? For mm-hmm. those of you who don't know, okay? Everybody knows that, though. She's on the right elbow, and she did a little in and out. Bop, bop, bop. She did a pity pat, like, dee, dee, mm-hmm. and went to the rack with her right. I was like, oh, that was another moment that I almost lost my voice. Because I was like, man, she went to her weak side, you know? That's her non-dominant hand, and she pity pat and got by. Like she was just in another galaxy when it came to her execution and ability to attack and finish. And I thought that's what Vegas did well all game. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. all of them got to the rack. You saw Sydney Colson. She came in and attacked and got right to the glass. It was a pump fake. It was just basic basketball. It was a pump fake and get to the rim. And she got right to the cup and finish. So 
I mean, it was just like the basics and the fundamentals, the culture and the philosophy and the discipline. And I think Becky Hammond said that too. Um, I think it was pregame or maybe in one of those interviews, she was like, we just mm -hmm. have to stay disciplined, you know, down 10, down 12, whatever. They stayed disciplined and they were like the duck, like I said, on top mm -hmm. of the water and those feet underneath working, right? But on top, you see this, you don't see the work. You don't see the grind. You don't see the trench work that all the players put in mentally first, but physically, wow. I mean, it was it was really special to see that as well. Well, I think the player who pretty much embodies all those qualities you just said is Alicia Clark. Yeah. I mean, favorite on this podcast, fa favorite favorite of everyone. I feel like there's I, I've never heard anyone say anything negative about Alicia oh, Clark on court, off court. She is. Uh, but she, I mean, just the way she plays is just incredible. I just love the way she plays it. And, you know, in this game, it's it's kind of hard to overstate her impact. But when you look at the box score, you're not going to get it because she only had 10 points. She only, she missed one three. That was the only three she took. If I told you Alicia Clark had a huge impact on the finals game, you'd say, well, she hit a few threes, right? Hit no threes. Mm -hmm. But what she did do, she grabbed four offensive rebounds, most in the big, game, big uh, just as many as John Cole Jones, huge. And she played some of the best defense you're ever going to see. On she locked series. that down. She was locked in on defense. And, I mean, it helps, helps that they've played against each other forever. Because yeah. they've been in practice. They've spent nine years together. Yeah, um, Seattle. Uh, it might be it a little eight? less. I think it's eight. Because yeah, yeah. then she eight. came to D.C. Yeah, set seven or eight years together in, uh, uh, in Seattle. Cut a few championships with Stewie. They play yeah. against each other every single day in practice. She knows what she wants to do, and and they're, that last possession um, for New York, they had eight seconds left. Oh yeah, inbounds, and it was clearly going to go Stewart. So Alicia Clark gets her, and you know I made a TikTok about this about just everything she does perfect. Uh, yeah. She did everything perfect as a defender on yeah. that last play. Like she sets up in great position. She's down in her stance, but not too low. Her chest is up. Her face is up. She's looking at the player. Her hands are out. She's getting yeah. around the screen. She's making contact. She's holding on to contact, but not too hard because she's going to get that foul call. And it's she did actually. She kind of fouled Stewie on the catch. Yeah. But whatever. It's fine. It's the catch. <laughs> They're not going to call on the catch for the no. most part. Eight seconds left. She yeah. made the catch difficult. Stewie yeah. tried to go uh, to her over her left shoulder yeah. to the right, which is where she likes to get her shot. Yeah. yeah. And Alicia just sat there like a stone wall, took the took the contact to the chest, forced her back to the middle where there was help. Jackie Young helps at the perfect time. And then on the backside of that, Christy, what'd she do on the on the backside of that play once Courtney Vandersloot gets her shot up? She wedged JJ underneath the rim, honey. And that was the game saver. She boxed out. She boxed out. And it wasn't even, you know, had she not, mm -hmm. what would JJ have done, Gabe? Yep. She would have tipped it in, man. She was right there. She's 6'6". Six, six. She had a height advantage. And then the shot was long. And it came right to where JJ would have been had Alyssa Thomas. I mean, what did I say? Alyssa Thomas. <laughs> Alicia Clark. I'm tired. Listen, Clark wedged her underneath the basket at that time. Wow, that was a big glitch for me. I saw Alyssa Thomas. I'm sorry. No, we were talking about Alyssa. We were talking about Alyssa. No, no. And look, look. AC knows what it is, okay? She is so smart with what she does on the court. She's a vet, and she even said it in the post-game interviews. She just said, you know, I've been here before. Mm -hmm. This is not new to me. I know what it takes. I have the championship medal, um, you know, and medal, what I, I mean heart and understanding, not 
metal, physical metal. But um, ETL. Thank you. Um, But but with that, I just thought in that moment, like all the things that she did on that play. I mean, I think the entire team, Jackie Young, when she blitzed over to take that drive or possible or the possibility of a drive away from Stewie as she Mm -hmm. was trying to get into the paint a little deeper on Clark. And she took that away by blitzing over to the basket line. And, you know, I thought that was, I thought that was a big part of that play as well. And then I thought Laney was going to pull. I I I think she should have. And it looked like to me offensively now I'm speaking obviously, but it looked like Sabrina wanted that ball because she knew that it it looked like um, Clark had Stewie covered pretty tough. So when she caught it and she was uncomfortable after she caught it, you could see, Sabrina kind of move over like I'm I'm right here if you need it. And then Laney was kind of lifting on that weak side to get into the vision of Stewie if she needed to, you know, skip pass. Mm-hmm. But I think Sloot rushed it, you know, but she had to because the time was going. The time was going, man. She she had to lift it. And she had been so good all game, man. Sloot had probably the best game of the series for her. Best game um, of her, I think best game of the season for her, to be honest. I was going to say, I didn't want to take a wide, big picture, but definitely one of her best performances in a New York uniform, for sure, where she had 19. And, you know, she was knocking in those threes on um, those paint threes and those kickouts and skip passes. And, duh, yeah, but oh, Alicia Clark, man, I'll tell you what, she's a game saver. And a one-point game. We're talking a one-point game, so... Maybe she didn't knock in any threes or whatever, but she had 10 points. I mean, if she had eight, they lose, right? So it's like there are no such thing as little things. There's mm-hmm. all all things are all encompassing and all of them are big things. And so um, for Alicia Clark to go out there and, and do what she does, especially with a heavy heart. And and that was hard to watch, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. I lost my dad, too. And so and when when she lost her dad, it was pretty fresh for me. It's still fresh for me, mm-hmm. but I definitely reached out to her. Um, personally and you know because you don't understand it until you go through it so we kind of have that as a bond a little bit like we went back and forth uh, right after that happened she was um, you know uh, just made aware of it so it was, it was really hard uh, to listen to that but mm-hmm. to know that that she was able to play through that that heartache um, there's just no cure for it other than you know represent the, the generational love that, that he placed mm-hmm. in her heart uh, for the game. So uh, I'm just proud of her in that way, because I know the struggle of that. Uh, that's a daily thing. Um, the waves are heavy. And for her to be able to perform the way that she did for him uh, was really sweet. Yeah, it, it was special. And I mean, she's a special person all around. And, and really, you know, it's been a, it, it wasn't the last three years that I think that Alicia wanted right like the year last year in uh seattle was in the bubble um that's really di- and that was really difficult then her first yeah. year in washington she gets hurt uh her second year in washington it's just not quite coming together pete's still dealing with injuries people mm-hmm. up and down so then now she comes here to vegas and you know they still have to deal with the injuries they still have to deal with all that adversity obviously she's she's still dealing with the loss of her father and for yeah. her to go through all of that and then come out with a with another championship in which she had such a major role. Yeah. Uh, it, it cannot be overstated. She, they no. do not win this game without her. No. Not just on that last play. That last no. play was just emblematic of what she did throughout the game. 
That she part. did so many things. She did. And for her to have her fingerprints all over this game, <laughs> like she always does when the when the matters the most, she's gonna have her fingerprints on the game. Yeah, I, I just thought it was, it was perfect and beautiful, and it was very emotional. I'm I'm just very happy for her. Um, I want to mention some other aces because we should talk about the Liberty um, for just for a little bit, even though it's gonna be more sad. Uh, I we gotta mention Jackie Young. I mean, this is now. I don't know where we rank Jackie Young in terms of like the best players in the league, but it's not low. It's no. certainly it's certainly up near the top because every game uh, in these playoffs, pretty much, she's just been rock solid. Yeah, doing everything she does, playing great defense, um, you know, getting out of transition, hitting threes, mm -hmm. playing a really really tremendous brand of basketball, and she's the person who um, has been very steady recently yeah. for them in the playoffs. And I just think she deserves a ton of credit for how much better she's gotten since she's gone to Vegas and the player she is now. And it's like, I don't know if uh, you're looking at, I, I'm not sure what the ceiling is for Jackie Young because it continues good. to get higher. And yeah, I'm not, I'm just, I'm guessing there's just not one. There's just not a ceiling at this point. It's not a ceiling for her. No, I mean, she's phenomenal. I mean, she's a dog, right? And mm -hmm. you know, her, her countenance, maybe kind of under the radar mm -hmm. she's not gonna you know be wolfing or doing any a, a lot i saw her swell up in one of the playoff games but other than that i don't think i've seen a lot you yeah. know her. and that's not right or wrong that's who she is but what she is gonna do she's gonna dissect you and she's gonna attack you and she's gonna finish with contact on you she's gonna make shots in your face and not care about it and go the other way and not change her facial expression whatsoever because it's all internal with Jackie Young. And I'm going to tell you what, she is so uh, underrated because we were talking about it just right there. You, you said where would she be ranked in, in the tops mm -hmm. in terms of, of players in the league. And God, is her name mentioned ever in that debate? Across well, she's the all, did, did she make all W? She made all WBA, right? I'm not tripping. There weren't a lot of guards on that. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, Jewel Lloyd made second team, which I don't know about that. She led. So the we league. got yeah, we got Jackie. Jackie's second team. Second uh, team. Okay. Yeah, Jackie's second team. So I mean, sure. Tough, but, I don't know. She's second team. Although Chelsea Gray is also second team. It's a regular season award. That's yeah. what, you know we need. We need all playoff teams. Yeah. Yeah. Although then it would just end up being the team who won the championship. I guess, you know, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, for Jackie Young, I still think there's, like, there's not enough reverence for um, yeah. her consistency. We're talking about – I mean, that's a huge word for me. I don't care. I don't care if it's basketball or anything else. Like, your work life, your home life, like, whatever. Be consistent, right? Don't breadcrumb people. Like, just, oh, this is me today, and then, you know, mm -hmm. two weeks from now, that's me again. But then what happened in between? Like, you need to be the same person. And that's the challenge of being great, right? That's the challenge of being a real one. That's being a real one, being consistent. Being consistent is real. So for her to be able to come out and, and do what she did night in, night out. And, and game three, she didn't really play that well. I get it. Mm -hmm. you know. But they changed the matchups, which, you know, we were talking about that. Like the can't, New York couldn't go into game three doing the same thing. And boy, they didn't. They went different um, matchups on that. But then... Vegas had to go different. They were forced to have different matchups in game four. So, but I just think with um, 
with Jackie Young, she's a special and another mm -hmm. young player, number one pick, right. Um, coming in. So, I mean, she has a tremendous upside, but no ceiling, like let's not even put ceilings or <laughs> limits because there, I don't think for her, there's any such thing. And I love also, I'm, I'm, this is my last no, thing about going, Jackie, but just, um, after the game, the post game thing, she said that, um, I forgot the, the person's name, but she was working with a specific shooting coach or a trainer to change a little bit of her shot mechanics. And mm. she said it made a big difference for her. So, you know, you put that extra work in, nobody sees that part. I mean, we go into practices and, and stuff like that, but I mean, we don't see everything as, as media people, right? They may have sessions and they're in the gym at midnight maybe, and they're working on timing of, of their lift and, and stuff like that. Nobody sees that stuff and how hard these players work to get right. Okay. And whether that's getting healthy, right? I know Elena Deladon comes in three hours ahead of games and leaves two hours after. So there's like stuff that we don't see. So the work that Jackie Young has put in to perfect her game, even during the season this year, I mean, it's remarkable. And, you know, it needs to be discussed more. The underbelly of what these professional athletes go through um, to get right and to, to be at their best at all times and to help them be consistent. Well, and, and the lack of ego, um, we should move on to all the but just like a lack of ego, because like a lot of players, I mean, I'm sure in every level think their jump shot is their jump shot um, and it's hard to change it and it's hard to do. It's hard to a do the mental gymnastics to change it yeah. in, in for yourself. And then B, it's hard to just want to do it, to actually buy into those types of changes. And it's extremely clear that she has made a lot of changes to her jump shot since she was in college at Notre Dame. Not she wasn't like a bad jump shooter, but it certainly wasn't a strength. It wasn't the thing that was her calling card, right? Um, as much as it is now, where she is arguably the best three point shooter in the WNBA at yeah. the moment. Yeah. And so to go from you know yes. you, not thought of as really a shooter to being the best one, that's that yeah. just shows how much work she's put in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know you could just clearly see it, and that's what and that's the theme with all of them. We're not mentioning Kelsey Plum because she didn't have a big game, but again, they don't get here without Kelsey Plum either, no. and she's. She's done everything uh, yeah. that, that they've asked for and taken a step back from her role, certainly in college and from what she thought she was going to be when she came into this organization mm -hmm. to be what she is now, which is a two-time champion um, and, one, and one of the best guards in the league. And we will have another shirt like this. <laughs> She's a killer in that shirt. Let me see it. Put it up again. Oh, killer. Get it. Great. Girl. It's a great look. It's a great Thumbs look, Kelsey. Off. Yeah. Uh, I want to – all right. We, we got to mention two more people for the Aces. Because these were two cats that I did not see contributing to the series before we got here. Okay. Um, they had to step up for the injured Chelsea Gray and Kia Stokes. That'd be Sydney Colson and Kayla George. Uh, Kayla, the numbers don't look good. Okay. Yeah, she's Four of 14 from the field, three of 10 from three. But she was told that she was going to be left open. And yeah. she was told that if she is left open, you shoot the ball. I had that sucker. And she did it. <laughs> she did that. And if she made, like you, like Chrissy said before we got on, if she only makes two of the 10 threes, they lose this game. She needs to make all three of the ones she made. And the fact that she took 10 of them shows that she had confidence enough to do it. And that yeah. is an accomplishment in itself for a basketball team. And then you mentioned Sydney Colson. Yeah. Played 14 minutes in this game. Uh, she only had the one bucket and one assist. Uh, the plus minus the player who had the best plus minus 
And so the be- the player who the Aces yeah. uh, outscored the opponent by the most with on the floor was Sydney Colson. She was Let's- plus 17 in this game. Let's go. She was Come on the on, court. Man. 17 Look, plus 17. Causation is not correlation, but she was on the court when the Aces were kicking butt. Yeah. So that's all the, that's the court. That's, that's all we have. I don't yeah. know about causation. We can go back into the tape and look for more for that. But she was on the court when the Aces were kicking butt. And yeah. I think, I mean, Kayla had her ups and downs, but she played her role. Sydney played her role. And you, I mean, you can't ask for more, more than what they gave you in a decisive championship game. Yeah. After not really playing in the series, I'm not sure. Well, maybe some garbage time minutes. I but mean, not significant. Not real minutes throughout the series. Probably not real minutes in the past, what, month and a half? Yeah. And yeah. just to come in and and hey, say, hey, I'm going to do whatever I'm being told to do at the moment and do it to the best of my abilities. And Sydney was like, I'm going to foul somebody. I got I got six of these, sucker. She committed like 10. She really did, though. She committed like 10 fouls, but she got called for five. And that is like, oh, I love it. Oh, like God. That's... Look, coach, I don't have much, but I got six fouls. Uh, hey, and you got, you got, I just wanted to give them a ton of credit because I was very impressed by their efforts in this game, and it was amazing that they pulled this off uh, together. Yeah, no, I, I, I heard Becky Hammond say that Kayla George knew that she had to, you know, pick her game up and it would mm-hmm. be relied upon, and she was in the gym lifting weights. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, maybe psychologically that helped her, but I mean, at that juncture you know the day before the game i don't know if you know a couple barbells are going to get you just get the adrenaline going get you ready i don't know but maybe psychologically you know she just knew like i'm doing everything like you said i'm doing everything i i can you know to help this team and whether it's get into the weight room a little extra like normally she probably wouldn't have done that but just to get in there and psychologically be present um with giving extra right and that's what she had to do on the court, she had to give extra. And for her to be, I think, one of six from three in the first mm-hmm. half, that was a little concerning. And I was a bit alarmed by that. And they were down nine, 10 points. And I was like, oh gosh. And she's taking these shots and they were long rebounds because they were long shots. So they weren't really getting second chance opportunities. So New York was getting the ball and going the other mm-hmm. way and they were cashing out. And I was like, okay, you know, it's just the process. And I think we heard Becky Hammond say that too along the way mm-hmm. uh, in the game. Hey, it might not be smooth right now. We've got to trust the process. We're doing the right thing. And then, you know, I'm watching the game, you know, my son Jordan and, <laughs> and she was open at the top. And I think she missed like two or three threes in a row like wide open at the top. And I was like, you got to take that shot though, right, Jordo? Like, you got to take that shot. And he's like, yeah, but the rebound. Yeah, but- <laughs> like, yeah, you know, so there was like the little, you know, happy. That's a, that's a star player answer right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you know, don't take that shot. Let me take that shot. Like, uh, but, oh, but we were, you know, we were debating about that. And I'm like, well, the, the swing wasn't there because the defense had, you know, they were drop mm-hmm. coverage. I don't know. So, it was, it was really special to see her knock in a couple when they needed it, but they were riding that momentum too. Um, but they got a couple buckets. I think um, Clark had taken some dart cuts inside and, yeah. and got that weak side. She got to her right hand and, and barely caught it, but had all 10 fingernails in that bad boy and got it up there on the right side and, and finished. That was a big bucket too um, in that stretch where Las Vegas took the lead. So I think when you have a player like Sydney Colson who can come into the game too, and 
have that behind the back pass that I was screaming. That at. was that I, was someone else, Sydney. No, I was screaming. What did you, you want to talk about confidence? What did you think when she did that? I mean, it's very, it's very on brand. First off, like I wasn't, like I was, I was surprised for like a second. I was like, wait, this is Sydney Colson. Like this is, if I had to pick any, any, any player who hasn't played throughout the entire series to come in and throw a behind the back pass the yeah. moment they get in, it's her, but it was on the money. It was on the money. I wish the shot would have gone down. I mean, I got, whoever yeah. got it, got fouled, but I, I it was like, oh, and the slow-mo was even that much more sweet. Like she just uh, wrapped it up. That was, that, so was uh, that was actually, that was the first, that was a huge play. Now that I'm looking at my notes, that was a behind the back to Clark who got fouled. And that's what got them the lead at the end of the third quarter. There you go. See? Huge, but so not, not just to just come in after not playing in the series and do that in a massive moment, <laughs> massive, huge, huge like, game changing moment where your team's making a run. And if yeah. you throw that thing and it just goes out of bounds, you're on the bench. Problems. Yeah, you're on the bench. I don't but care how funny it. how funny you are, but it went right into her hands. She knew what she was doing. She, I mean, I'm sure she practices that often, uh, and and it worked out. But wow, the guts, the absolute guts to do guts is a great word. Yeah, it was that was all the money too, man. Right in the pocket. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But you know, she came in and did what she had to do, and you know that bucket that she got and that pass. But then you know it was their defense too. I think she was part of that, but they were on a string on defense and you can't, you can't scout against chemistry mm -hmm. and heart and grit. Like those things are intangible. Like you can't, um, it's not schematic. It was attitudinal. And that's how the aces won that game. I mean, they did it with their heart and they did it with their belief in one another, regardless of who was playing or not. Uh, you know, it didn't matter the name on the, on the back. It mattered on the front and you could tell that's how they played that game and won. The way they yeah, did. Absolutely. And and then I guess that the, on the flip side of the coin, let's talk about the New York. Flip side. I mean, I'm it's not like a lack of grit. They got, I think they got outgraded. New York did. They got um, I think they they I think you know, to what you said earlier in the podcast about New York not having a chance to scheme for this, um, not having a chance to understand it, because they're a team that really does like to run a lot of sets. Yeah, um, I think in game three, they really got back to the identity yeah. of running sets to get back into the post. Um, and they had they had people to attack. And I think in this game, their plan was to attack Kayla George. Worked for a little bit. Um, but I think the Aces also did a lot to, you know, help out, to stunt, to to peel switch, to talk. They were just very communicative mm -hmm. and yeah. moving and, and scrambling on defense that kind of didn't allow the uh, the Liberty to get into much into many set actions. Right. So I think I really I think that cost them. I think um, New York also let the pace get a little out of. I, I think the pace was favoring Vegas. I think uh, maybe it was Ru I don't remember if it was um, I don't remember who said it on the broadcast. But someone was like, "Oh, this pace is favoring New York because they're the team with more players." And in my mind, I was like, "No, you yeah. want to work hard on offense, you know, because you're going to have to work hard on defense. That's you need to make these offensive possessions as short as possible." And that's what yeah. they did early. Yeah, uh, I think New York did not do a good enough job of slowing the game down. Yeah, in that sense, uh, do you, do you know the points in the paint? Did you I do not that? know the points in the paint. What was that? Uh, New York twenty four, Las Vegas forty four. Wow, it felt like they were more intentional in getting in there, and not just to Asia Wilson or to Clark, but mm -hmm. 
I just thought they were getting downhill. They were attacking, attacking, attacking. Wow. 20 plus 20? Plus in the 20. In the mud? Well, I guess talking about New York, minus 20, minus 20 in, the, in, in the paint. When you have John Quill Jones and you have Brandon Stewart, I mean, it, it, a lot of that credit goes to Vegas. Yeah. New York. I don't, I'm just, I, I'm, I don't know. I have to watch the tape again, really, to get into it. But from what we saw last night, it was just John Quell got bottled up. Yeah. Uh, perhaps need to be a little bit more insistent for the ball. Maybe. Uh, perhaps need a little bit be just to demand the ball more, although they were really doubling her. They were. And then uh, I don't want to lay this all at her feet, but it, I mean, it was one of the worst games I think we've ever seen Brianna Stewart play. Oh, she just couldn't get going. In the finals, I, I got the stats here. 10 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. That's fine for like a normal player, not Brianna Stewart. 3 of 17 from the field. Ouch. Just to put it into context, she was outscored by Kayla George in this game. Ooh, 3 of 17. Gosh. And the thing about it, it wasn't like she was taking shots outside of what she's capable mm -hmm. of, of executing and knocking in. And we know she's human. She's not going to be 17 of 17. Okay, so let's be real. But she could be 10 of 17. How about four of 17 and they win? Um, like by one. How about she hits that the wide open three that we talked about before we got on in the fourth quarter? I could not have been more wide open. The Red Sea parted. There was no one in front of her. And she just was off balance when she caught it. And it didn't go in. Shot slow. I thought she shot that slow. That and, and sometimes when you're wide open like that, it does change your speed of, of lift. And I thought... Yeah. It was slow on that because she thought she had time. And then she was being careful because she hadn't been making shots. So she was trying to let me get myself no. together. And that's how you miss out too. You have to stay in rhythm. You have to stay in rhythm. And I, it's easier said after the fact. And I get that. And she knows this. I'm not trying to coach Brianna Stewart. But at the same time, I, I observe that, right? When she was wide open, like you can still be in your shot rhythm when you're wide open. And you don't want to be like, take a beat mm -hmm. on the catch. And then get into your mechanics and shoot it because then now your like your whole rhythm is is herky jerky. Like you just take the shot, like get the yep. ball and shoot it. Like stay in your rhythm. Um, the hesitation killed her on that particular shot. But you know, with JJ only getting eight touches all game, that to me is the bigger concern because wow, we'll never know. Like at least they went to they went to Stewie even yeah. on the last play. They went to her seventeen times. And they just stayed going to her. And I get that to a certain extent. But at what point do you say, hey, let's get back down in there, right? We're being outscored by 20 in the lane. Let's even that up a little bit and take the higher percentage shot with freaking JJ down in there who has been dominating. And to me, obviously, well, to me and to everyone else in the Commissioner's Cup game was the MVP of that game because they went to the well. And game three, they won because of her. Because of her. But then what happened? And then, okay, you don't even have Stokes out there. But Clark, you know, is in there trying to, you know, battle a little bit on some uh, cross matches. But, you know, she had Stewie most times. But, you know, sometimes she found herself down in there um, tangled up with JJ a little bit. But I don't know. Like, I feel bad for JJ. Like, it's just, like, if I go, if I go three for 17, I'm going to feel bad. Cause I'm like, dang, I am better than that. I feel I'm bad for me. That's I'm I'm feeling it, right? But then if I'm JJ and I go, what was JJ for eight? Uh, Two, three. I think three she was eight. three for eight, but uh, three for she eight. she was uh, three for eight. Yeah, 
I'm mad at that. I'm, for me, I'm mad about that. Cause I didn't even get to, I didn't even get to chew all my food. Like I, you know, I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like and, and, and I the think opportunity, right? She, she also didn't, she played only, she played 33 minutes in this game and she had, she had to sit down with some foul trouble, which I thought honestly, New York could not afford that. No. Uh, I think that was a, that was a tactical mistake of pulling her out two fouls. She needs to be in there. Yeah. We saw what Sydney Colson was able to get away with when she had five fouls. I guarantee you they're letting John Cole get away with more. It was um, physical. It was really, really physical. And, and so like that block I just, on Plum. Yes. Foul. But it was I mean she blocked it, but then she got into her back. And I'm that's, like that's one of those yeah. things that's too cool, too cool to be called a foul. I know it was <laughs> that's too sick. Just let it happen. Uh okay. no, but so with JJ, I don't I mean, I gotta go back, but you have to think one of the things that you should have been coming into this game with the idea yeah. of doing was we're going to pound into the post with JJ. And if she has Asia Wilson on her, she's going to draw a thousand Asia Wilson and she's going to get Asia Wilson tired. And the only thing JJ has to do, JJ can miss 20 shots. Thank if you. she gets, if she gets two fouls picked up on Asia Wilson and makes J Asia Wilson so tired that she can only score, which is, she scored 24 points. If she can only score 18 points they win. on the other end and yeah. only get maybe 13 rebounds. Yeah. New York wins this game. Different. And so I don't know if that's a ta if that was a thing that New York came into this game saying and we need to feed the post yeah. specifically to JJ yeah. and they just couldn't get it done. Right. I didn't I didn't see enough in this game to say what happened. Yeah. But it didn't seem like that was no the the push there. No. I think to a certain extent New York got a little too cute in this game. They won game 3. They won game three and are like, well, the aces are gonna change because they'll have Chelsea, they'll have they'll have, you know, they're they're doing they're they're changing. So we got change too. It's like, no. Oh yeah. Just just yeah. stay with what you're doing. Just stay with what was working. And I think, you know, missing shots really hurts. Not not revealing any secrets of basketball there. Missing <laughs> shots hurts. It makes everything harder to do. I just think there was as you as you do too. There had to be more of a focus on getting John Quill the ball in the post specifically yes. so she could work against Asia, regardless of the outcome of those plays. She Absolutely. could get blocked 10 times. Absolutely. But at, at least she's making Asia work. And I don't think mm -hmm. they made Asia work enough defensively. No, agreed. A thousand percent. And even if JJ didn't shoot it, right? The defense mm -hmm. is going to morph to how she moves when she catches it, right? When they're going to double, where the angle of the double team or the shade is going to come her way, right? Are they going to mm -hmm. dig? Um, but they didn't really test that enough. And I think that would have opened up more opportunities for Sloot, right? Who was, who was hitting those shots on kickouts. So the spacing, um, and you heard this from Becky Hammond. She said, you know, we wanted to give the ball to Asia and space out around her mm -hmm. and spray out passes if we need to from three. So they started inside out, which is why they were plus 20. Okay, so the intentionality of doing that was a massive difference in this game. Okay, at one point when, okay, mm -hmm. to put that out there again. But on the other side, what ha what happened to that notion with JJ down in there who was dominating in game three in the paint and you got to get her to the ball. And it's not for her to shoot it every time, but it's to space the floor for everyone else. And Becky was saying, hey, we're going to give it to Asia and then take cuts off of her. 
And then now you see Clark diving down. Mm -hmm. Now you see, you know, kickouts being made um, because of the defense getting to Asia, right? Now somebody else is open. So they just didn't test that enough either. So they didn't test Asia Wilson defensively, but they also didn't test the collective effort mm -hmm. of the Aces defensively by putting the ball in there and seeing what they could create uh, off the ball. And, and maybe for her, okay, but I'm, I wanted to see more, what are the aces going to do when she catches it? Where are they doubling from? And how are they lifting? How are they yeah. rising to get the ball, right? But, and New York Offer did not do that. Like, send it out. New York didn't do that, though, this, enti this entire series. They've really struggled against those digs, those the guards coming down on the post. So maybe there is some logic to the to the idea of like we're not we we're not just going to try to dump it in and dull, but they they don't cut it enough either. Like you didn't figure it out, and I, I think that is very very frustrating. Um, yeah. I think it's extremely frustrating to see Brianna Stewart have a bad game, but like she had a bad playoffs. I mean, she did. We really want to if we really want to get into it, it, it was a mistake to you know put this game in her hands. Frankly, I think this game should have been in because she what she like you look at the stats. Okay. So Brianna Stewart has played in one, two, three, four playoffs with multiple games. Okay. okay. She's won championships in three of those seasons. She did not only play one game in 2017. Am I tripping? I don't know. What 2017? 2017. Was she injured? No, she wasn't injured that year. No, she, she, won, she won 2018, 2020 with, yeah. Okay. So she won two championships in this. All right. That, that's okay. the point. This uh, so in the past three playoffs with multiple games, she shot forty six percent from the field in twenty eighteen, fifty three point eight percent from the field in twenty twenty, two championship years, fifty fifty one point three percent from the field in twenty twenty two. Dang, from three in those three seasons, in twenty eighteen forty one point seven percent, in twenty twenty fifty percent from three in the playoffs. 52% from three in 2022 from three, sorry, 52% from three. This season, this season, her field goal percentage was 35.8. Wow. In the playoffs. Dude, wow. her, her three point shooting percentage was 19.6. 19. Point six. Six. Wow. This oh. was, her worst playoffs and it's not close. No. Um, and so it does, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Cause I'm with you. Like you have to let Brianna Stewart take a lot of shots, but there had to be an, an answer. There had to be more. The answer had to involve more JJ shots too. If JJ misses a bunch of shots and you lose this game too. I, Hey, I don't really have many things that you could have done differently. No. And I'm fine with that. You know what? It, it's every game is different. Like, I don't care. And you know this now because you're mm -hmm. coaching. So you're going to feel all of this. Okay. You're going to go into a game. You're going to be up all night watching film and you're mm -hmm. filmed. Like, you're going to have like all these games you're watching. Teams play them different ways. They're zoning, they're pressing. They have this lineup, they have that lineup. Boom, 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 boom. So you're comparing, contrasting, looking at stats, all of it. Okay. You get into the game. And all that's out the window because of how the game is flowing. Like, are your kids making shots? Okay, who and of those kids, who's making the most shots? Yeah. Okay, so guess what? We're going to that kid. <laughs> and okay, somebody may have MVP stamped on their forehead, but guess what? She's not hitting today. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the one who's hitting shots 
period. And if, and if the MVP person is upset with that, so be it, we're winning. Um, because mm -hmm. I'm going with the flow. Like you have to go with how the game is flowing. And I'm not, uh, and for the New York people, Dano, all of y'all, okay, I am not trying to overcoach Sandy Brondello's decisions. I am just saying in instances where that has happened to me as a coach, I'm going to go with who's making shots, not to the accoladed person um, who should be making them, but she's not, okay? She should be making them, Gabe, and I get it, but she wasn't. So for me, I'm going inside to JJ on that last play for some kind of lob, I don't know, a misdirection or some kind of action um, to get her an easy touch in the paint where all she has to do is catch and shoot. I mean, I mean, they could have done even a basic like screen away and see if they switch it or whatever, but then have her sit like right at the bucket. Like don't mm -hmm. even come to the lane line. Like go ahead and set that screen and come across and sit right there. Here's the basket, sit right here. Send that thing in. All you have to do is shoot and lay it. Like there are ways around stardom. Yeah. There are ways around stardom and, and your expectations sometimes outweigh your statistical production. And I think that's what happened on that last play yeah. in particular, because yeah, I, 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 would you have still, okay. Would you have gone to Stewie with the 8.8 .8 left and, and, and to have her catch it where she caught it and try to make a play with Clark blanketing her with tremendous defense. Yeah. You would yeah, still probably. go to her. You would still go to Stewie. I mean, for one, I yeah. I mean, I like, and I, like, I, I got, I, I, I think you got, you know, to a certain extent, you got to dance with the one who brought you. Um, really? Well, and that's not JJ my who brought him. JJ well, brought him. Yeah, but Stewart. JJ kept his feet Yeah, but Stewart carried them for a long, for a lot, for a lot of the regular season. Okay. I, I, I just think it's also like, easier. The problem right. is, the problem is, it's right. easier to get Brianna right. a touch there than Why? it is to get JJ a touch because you really? got to get it in the post. No, I don't think so. I think it's way easier to get a, a perimeter have... touch from the sideline out of bounds than a, than a post touch. Oh, man. I don't agree. And I hear you. But there, I'm, I have like four plays that's ran in my head where I can get, I can get JJ. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but then you, yeah, I'm sure the – I mean, like like we said with Alicia Clark and her defensive efforts on that last play, you know. So why would you go to someone else? Asia, Asia, the defensive player of the year, is the person you would have been going up against if you're if you're going to John Quall on that play. But game so three. it's gonna be harder for her to get open. You risk the five second violation, and then you're kind of sitting there. And if she has to post up, she gets caught. You know, it, there's a lot. I just I think I don't love the what they got on that last play. I think there may have been a missing element. If I was listening to Sandy's timeout correctly, I think they oh. missed, they missed something. Um, oh. I don't know which part of it was, but I remember there was like a third thing to do. But I think maybe it was it was called off because Stewie was going. Uh, to try to get that shot on the right hand side, but I there was there was another there was another plan that was like, okay, Stu, if you don't go one on one, we have this coming up. So to a certain extent, it's Stewart's choice as well. And I just think she got a lot of those shots in the flow of the game, and that's the way they were playing offense in this game. Yeah. To your point, to your point, you got to call plays for John Quell. What it doesn't have to be the last play of the game. True. But as a post, you're on the rock. Yeah. As a post, you can't get the ball by yourself for the most part. Thank you. <laughs> you can only do an offensive rebounds, which doesn't happen that often. But as a post, Damn. you cannot get the ball by yourself. 
in the spot that you want it. So you need someone to get you a ball. And I think there just needs to be, yeah, it has to be a lot more set plays, especially when you're playing at the professional level to get the ball into the post. It's extremely yeah. difficult to get the ball down there. It's just really hard. So you got to have a very set schedule to do it. And I think they did it in game three. They didn't do it in game four. They were okay taking those perimeter shots and it bit them in the butt. But in terms of last play, to, to your point on the last play, yes, I would love to go to JJ. Okay. I trust a lot more getting the getting a decent shot out of the play that they ran. Okay. I hear you. And I disagree because <laughs> and I hear you. And I and I disagree. Only because only because of how the game was unfolding. And everyone knew kind of it was gonna go to Stewie. Clark mm -hmm. knew it was going to Stewie. Clark knows Stewie. <laughs> yeah. um, like we were talking about every little nuance. She knows all the hairs on her head, like where they're positioned, like she knows her everything. Um, so for me, I didn't really like that choice because now I'm thinking on the previous play that the aces had sideline inbound mm -hmm. lob to Asia and she caught it, even though it was, it was muddy and she got at, I mean, three people got a piece of her on that and whether it was on the ball or not, it's, you're not going to call that, but she got that catch. So there, there are opportunities even in a crowded space. I mean, I don't know. Well, here, here's another thing I just thought of, actually. Here's I, another thing I, I would get it to JJ. Here's another so they, the, it was, uh, they were down one with eight seconds left. You want to take the last shot there. You don't want to make something and then have to, and you'll have no timeouts. So really, this is the yeah. last possession. Yeah. So this is the last possession because you have no timeouts. Because okay. you don't want to have to foul and go down there because no. of the game. Game no. Game. So yeah. This is the last possession. Yeah. So you're down one. So you hit anything in the game and you win the game. Anything. And third, there's eight seconds left, which is an awkward time. If there's four seconds left or like, yeah. like the aces had on that last place is what triggered this. The aces had three seconds on the shot clock in that last place. So that lob yeah. was like, okay, we have to do this. Have to. Yeah. And, and it, it somehow worked. Yeah. Um, but on this play, you do kind of need to waste, you know, maybe four seconds there or yeah, go three did. seconds. And and in big part thanks to Alicia Clark she did, yeah. um, uh, but yeah. you did need to waste a little bit of time. So it's not like you could just yeah. like toss it up to JJ there. You need, but and then maybe that okay. goes back to your point of like, hey, maybe we do have enough time to run like a cross screen or like, you know, something. Uh, yeah, and and get it to somebody. Maybe not directly into her. I understand the yeah. situation there, or maybe just have somewhere you know fake a pin down, pop up, you know, get a misdirection, sending somebody opposite to take the help away mm -hmm. and then match that angle and send it. In. And that'll take a couple seconds off. And then maybe you get fouled too, because you're taking it down in there and you just get into the body and just, just take it. I don't know. Like for me, I just, and, and for Stewie not to take the shot. Yeah. And I know, I know she was thwarted by, by uh, Clark. But Made the right play. But but take that shot. Take that. It's Ooh. coming to you. Now you're throwing a grenade with the pin out to Laney. Yeah, but Laney, oh, that was the right play. Just, I know, but it, what, for her not to take it? For her to kick out there, yeah. Because she didn't have, I mean, it, it was just a great double team. Really came at the perfect time where she was like, if that double team comes a second earlier, oh, okay. it's a much easier uh, stop and examine the floor. Yeah. If that double team comes a second later, it's a shot for Stewart. I thought that double team from Jackie prevented that shot. The one where she's coming back to the free throw line. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I no, think she also could have just, 
On the other side of the floor, it would have been a tough shot just because of how good the defense was. She could have pulled up over Alicia, and then maybe you give yourself the chance for an offensive rebound because you know your players are crashing and their yeah. their players are kind of really locked in. Maybe maybe that's the shot. If if there's a shot there for her, it's on that side of the court, on the right on, side of the court. On the right was, side. Where yeah. she was trying to get to originally. Yeah. That's yeah. where that shot was. I think once she's come back to the middle, though, it was like, that's a wrap. That's toughie. That's a tough because that's Cause not where I, she want. That's not the yeah. way she wants to be going. No. Yeah. Could she have spun back to her right and with the long arms try to get to the rack? Like, keep the dribble and you, you're testing it because you see Jackie Young's like stunting right there. Like, if I go here, I'm going to lose my dribble. You have the dribble still at that point, right? Before Jackie mm -hmm. made her pick it up and kick it to Laney. Mm -hmm. But you still Good have luck. your dribble. You can kind of calculate what the defense is going to read or, or what they're going to do. And then maybe just keep it and try to spin back and go. You have like four seconds at that point. Five, four, three. Like you're, you've got to go. And then now what kind of quality shot are you going to get on a kick? And then an extra pass? It was, a, it was a wide open corner three. Which I think she thought she had less time than she yes. did. She chucked it. Like, or yeah. she, or my theory, my other theory was she looked in the post and she saw John Quell and she was like, "Ooh, should I pass it?" Oh. And she, and she decided to shoot it because she yeah. was open. And and the other thing, the other thing that came up in my mind here was, um, Sloot was having a great first half and she, she kept she like put them in charge in that first yeah. half. That third quarter, she passed up a lot of threes. She did. So I'm guessing someone was in there saying, "You gotta shoot the ball if you're open," because she did. And on the previous possession, she shot the ball and she was open. And she, so I don't mind the shot that they got. I don't mind that shot. It was just like you're saying, very rushed, very. And and the thing about yeah. physical defense, good physical defense, yeah. Yeah. is it rushes the entire offense. Beat you up because you can't sit there as Brianna Stewart and say, "Oh, maybe I can spin back." No, because Alicia Clark is. Breathing on my neck, pushing me, has her chest into me. She's showing the hand. She's talking. <laughs> yeah. She's saying every like, you know. I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing Alicia Clark's the type of defender who's just gonna yell in your ear no matter what's happening. So she said she's right there, and it just makes you feel like, you know, like claustrophobic almost. Yeah. <laughs> where you're like, I have to get, I have to get out of here. I gotta do something to I just can't. not have the ball anymore. Yeah. And then that double team comes and gives you the great opportunity to kick out. But it was, I, I, yeah. I. It's really the defense was perfect. I think the play call, to your point, probably probably I probably would have gone with something different. Um, you need a screen, like some kind of a screen, or even a ball screen, like when Stewie got it, just to clear a path. And maybe from who who was uh, guarding Sabrina? Who was guarding Sabrina? It must have been Plum. It must have been Plum. So how about that? How about Sab sets a screen? on ball on the catch and lets her go you know see how they play that on a short short area like get right there in the slot sydney colson was on Ooh, yeah you got on, on sap yeah oh you gotta go there you gotta go here you gotta go there no offense to sydney colson i love it we were at 51 oh hey girl hey that's my dog man yeah um i don't know I don't know. Could you force a cross match right there? And I mean, with 8.8 .8, and you were talking about it too, the time and score, like you don't want to score immediately. So how about one screen to free her an avenue to attempt to get a cross match and possibly a foul or at least to the free throw line. And if she misses both free throws, my God, like, what do you do? But 
What if she makes one <laughs> or both? Well, and so, uh, and, and to your point, they mm-hmm. actually, the last game, um, which was not as close at the end, but the, yeah. the kind of dagger three by Sabrina at the end of the game was off a John Quell Stewie um, uh, pick and roll on that side of the floor. Yeah, on that short side roll. Of the floor. They did. They short rolled it. And so I think that may have been the play there, but they had also had that play blown up a few times in this one, they those did. pick and rolls. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 you got to make shots, unfortunately, in basketball. And, uh, and unfortunately, Brandon Stewart did not make enough shots in this postseason. And no. I'm not, it's not going to be all on her. It shouldn't be all on her. And it's not. No. But she's a superstar. And I think it's very fair to say that, you know, it, it, when she, she didn't have her, if your superstar is not having their best game, very That's- hard for you to win in the playoffs. Pretty impossible to win in the in the finals if your best player is not having their best game. Um, yeah. And this isn't like a Stewie isn't clutch thing. We've seen her win you know, no. multiple championships. She's a killer. It just no. um, it, it was inter- it, it was a, a different experience certainly with Stewie than we are used to in, yeah. in the finals. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I got yeah. I got one more question for you because we're yeah. at, we're we're at an hour and ten minutes. Oh yeah. Um, what well, was it? And we have to talk about a couple other things like Iowa playing in a football stadium. Although maybe we'll save that for next week I could. and we could do our big 10 oh. ACC, big, big 10 ACC preview, uh, I love which it. is just a Maryland preview I mean, because that's that they straddle of the both conference. Uh, and then we also have to eventually talk about the Phoenix Mercury hiring uh, Orlando magic assistant, Nate Tibbetts yeah, and some weird some... stuff. Yeah. We'll come I, back but... to it. I don't, yeah. So we're not talking about that right now. Or are we digging into that right now? No. Do you want? All right. I got one no, quick question. No, I, I know we're tight on time, and I know the limit. So maybe we'll save it. We'll save let's it. But let's see how much. Let's see how fast we talk about this. I got a question. Are the Aces the best team ever? Wow, ever in the history of the WNBA? Yes, I have some facts. I have oh, some facts. I'm thinking Comets. I'm thinking LA Sparks. I'm thinking repeat winners, obviously. Um, and then Minnesota Lynx. Who won kind of every other year? Seemed like all the odd, all the odd years there. Uh, mm-hmm. Twenty, whatever, it was, eleven, uh, twenty, all the way to 13, 15, or no, eleven, right? Eleven, thirteen, eleven, thirteen, fifteen, seventeen. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, every other year they won it on a stretch. So I mean, it wasn't back to back to back to back to back like uh, Houston runs. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't back to back like LA was twenty-one years ago, uh, but. Are they the best team ever, Gabe? That's well, I got some stats. I got I got stats. I got stats. I got stats. We don't have to answer this. We can just lay the question because it's so late in the podcast. We can just lay the question and come back to it. Oh, okay, good. Because I've been so good at being bold with my stuff. And we can come back to this. Can't come up with an answer. All right. Uh first, as you mentioned, first back-to-back champion since the Sparks 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Huge. Uh very hard. Like Almost impossible to win back-to-back championships. As you mentioned, those links could never do it. And they got really close a few, a few times. Yeah. Um, best offensive rating in league history, 111.5 points per 100 possessions. Wow. Better than the Mystics. Yeah. By about a point per 100 possession, point, 1.5 point uh, by 100 possession. Wow. Extremely impressive. Extremely impressive. Um, they had the best net rating since 2000 in those Comets. Wow. And they are the third best all-time in net rating, which is your uh, points per 100 possession differential. So your offensive rating minus your defensive rating is your mm-hmm. is your net rating. Third wow. best all-time behind the two 
two of the comics teams that won championship. So 15.7 plus 15.7 on the year. Best net rating in 2023, 95.8 points per 100 possessions, um, narrowly beating out the Connecticut Sun. Okay, so now. Oh, man. Work it, Gabe. So only seven teams have ever finished first in offensive rating and defensive rating. Okay. One of them is this Aces team. Okay. Then the other six, one of them was the 2016 Lynx, who did not win the title. They didn't. They didn't, but they went to the finals. Right. Uh, The 2017 Lynx, who won the finals. They won. The 2014 Mercury, who won the finals. And all three of the Comets teams that won the finals. Wow. So I think that's kind of, you mentioned most of them. I think the Sparks are the only ones that aren't in that group that you mentioned in terms of the best teams ever. Um, I'd put them right up there with the Lynx and the Comets because I think those two are are the two for me that are probably the best. Yeah. And when you look at the Lynx and you look at the Aces – he kind of it kind of looks like uh, similar here. We got my more type of winner in terms of in in Asia Wilson, yeah, great point guard, and Chelsea Gray. Yeah. You know, we got shooters. Wait, we wait. Got, yeah. Ooh, I think you need to put that up for the for okay. the people. Put wait, that wait. up for the people. We need a poll. I got. I we we will do that. Let's let's do that one this time. That's that's another great one. You come up with really great. Well, I'm glad we didn't put up the Stewie one because now we would look bad. No, yeah, don't put the Stewie up. Yeah, that's put, this is not Stewie's best team ever. No, let's let's put that up though because I think that that's a great discussion to be had, right? Just about you know the history of the league and you know how efficient those teams were. And I know that LA only you know those back to back. And when I say only, I'm not sliding. I'm just saying like the other ones had four, yeah. <laughs> and they had two. <clears throat> now the Aces have two, but their numbers are equated to the teams who have won four. So that mm-hmm. that is different. That's pretty special. And especially if we only take the one, the best team of, of the runs, right? right? We don't know if this is going to be the best team of the Aces run, just for the record. Right. They could get better. Remember, yeah. they had two starters injured in this game and were missing Candace Parker for, the, for all the season. And Rick um, So this team could get better. But right. the 2017 Lynx, and probably, you know, you could argue 2016, 2017, best years of the Lynx because Sylvia Fowles was so good. Yeah. So taking that year, that was the year that they did. They pulled off the same feet as the Aces. The right. Comets, I don't know, man. The Comets were ridiculous. There's they not like. Good, man. I would love, I just want to see the Comets in today's league. I know. Where it's like, just there's a lot more depth of talent. Yeah. Um. I would love to see them playing in this league because it, I think they'd still bring it, still kick butt. They um, would, yeah, they they'd be running. <laughs> they'd give people the blues, man. That would be that would be great. Ah, uh, the eras, yeah, the eras, and our Taylor LA, Swift and era, LA so. teams too. The LA teams too, with Nikki Teasley, yeah, Tamika Dixon, Mabika Mawadi, all that. Delisha Milton Jones, stop it. They were killers, man. That- I was trying to find this out. Can some if someone could find this out? Like someone find the last time that there was three teammates on on, on all WNBA. I'm sure the stat is out there, and I just missed it because there was three this year: Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea, Jackie, and Asia made it. Mm-hmm. I was looking to see if there was other years where that happened for those those really great teams. 
Um, yeah. So if anyone has that set, please let me I'm know. I'm sure somebody has that, man. Dano probably has it. <laughs> Dano, no, no, one, no one talked to Dano today. Give him some space. Yeah. He's, he's having a rough day. He's having a rough New York afternoon. <laughs> yeah, he's, it's not it's not great. That's um not great. all right, we got a couple minutes. I'm just gonna all right, okay. Christy, get get post position. Do your work early. Okay. You're, you're in post? Okay. okay. Uh the Phoenix Mercury have hired Orlando Magic assistant Nate Tibbetts to be their head coach. He is the highest paid coach in WNBA history. Uh he has never coached women's or did he coach women's basketball at some point? I don't think he's he ever coached, coached some international basketball. Okay. To bronze medal. I, I saw that. Do you, has he ever coached women's basketball? I think it was a women's team, but I'm not 100% on that. I thought someone said that he coached in uh, Euro League and they won a bronze medal in something, but I'm not sure if it was men's or women's. Um, I'm, uh, then I know he's with Portland and, and the NBA. Um, mm -hmm. He was with uh, the Trailblazers. He was with Orlando, obviously, and then one other team in the NBA as an assistant. I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see any women's women's coaching assistance. I mean, women's coaching uh, experience. Okay, he was the head coach of the Sioux Falls Sky Force. There's some Miami Heat experience. That's, that's not what we're talking about. No. Um, his dad is, was a coach. Uh, he coached high school girls and women's college basketball for 30 years. So he was his a women's dad did. His dad did. So no women's basketball coaching experience. Am I supposed to say something, man? Listen, okay. Uh, you already know, okay? And you're speaking to someone who, man, you will get me in trouble, Gabe, but I'm going to say it because I'm going to speak my heart. Um, my dad taught me you can't go wrong when you do that, so I'm going to do that. Uh, all right. You're speaking to someone who um, was leapfrogged um, several times professionally in the coaching ranks um, when I was in college coaching. And um, I did it for 10 years. So I'm not going to say like where or when or whatever, but I will say that it happened and it was horrible for me professionally, because you're talking about um, having a ceiling, you know, on these players, you know, Jackie Young and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, thinking that there's no ceiling and then they're actually being one mm -hmm. sucks. Um, especially when you're putting the work in and you're doing your job, um, and you're, you know, being told that you're doing your job well. And that for me, uh, and that's going to be a lasting situation. So for me seeing that and also knowing that he's going to be the highest paid coach as well, just stepping right in and getting highest paid, even more than Becky Hammond, who just won back-to-back -back titles to me, I don't really appreciate that. As a black woman, as a woman, as a WNBA player, I don't know. And I don't know him from Adam. And I know, you know, Dame gave him a shout out because like, he coached him. I get it. And he's probably a great guy. He's a girl dad. They posted that on the Phoenix um, site. And I'm not trying to, you know, when they come into D.C., I, I, I want to shake his hand. We're good. Yeah. But it's a trigger for me because all the years of work that that we put in, Sometimes it's just uh, a thankless process. And for me, that's not fair. Um, for me, that's a slap in the face. Uh, for me, that is um, looking at the league that has over 80% Black women in it 
Um, and then to have the joy of, of seeing Teresa Weatherspoon get the Chicago job mm -hmm. and then to go full 180. And I mean, why isn't she the highest paid walking into that job? She played in the league. She coached with the Pels. Like, where, why isn't she getting the highest paid uh, check as a coach in the WNBA? If she just walked in and she has more experience in the WNBA than he does. And she coached in the NBA too. So for me, it, no. it, it, it make it make sense. Like, and to, I had to go and this, I hope I don't start, you know, cause me, I get a little, and it's more anger. It's not sadness, it's anger. So it, it's like, you know, it's like taking off the bandaid and again, a trigger. But for me, I'm an assistant coach in this position. And I am going to go through this quickly. And the person above me, the, the associate head coach or the, the number one assistant or whatever it was, um, they left right for another job. Mm -hmm. So that job's open. And I've been there three, four years getting recruits coming in, just boom, 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 boom. We're doing all right. You know, and I'm doing my job. Okay. This is before kids or anything. So I'm like all over the I'm traveling. I'm doing all of it, recruiting, boom, 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 doing it. Okay. Everywhere. And for me to be told, like, can you go to the airport and pick up the candidates for this job? So for me, hmm, that is a trigger, okay? So everybody has their own thing. Like you get bitten by a dog when you're little, you're gonna be scared of dogs your whole life, right? So it, it's all relative. And to everyone else, it may not be a thing. But for those of us who, you know, dedicated their lives to this game because they love it, those who put in the work and still don't get rewarded for it. And I almost feel like when Asia was crying <laughs> after the game, it was all of that too, <laughs> because you don't get your respect because the work that you do needs to be seen <laughs> and to feel unseen and to be leapfrogged and to look, be looked over. I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough deal. So to see that happen again, and again, he's probably a great guy. He's a girl dad. He's a great guy. He's, he's coached, his dad coached and all this. He has a story and a journey like all of us do. But for those of us who have gotten kicked in the teeth um, and not been able to move up the ladder um, or to be told, well, you just had a baby, so you, you can't possibly do this job well. Um, I, I mean, man, listen it's that's heavy for me and I don't care. I mean, I, I don't, I know I'm not the only one out there that feels like that um, or who has had that happen and not just in basketball, just in general um, for women. It's hard for black women. It's even more difficult um, to have that happen, to know that, you know, your passion and, and grit and grind and, and work and, and all that. Um, it's not seen. And even if it is seen, maybe it's seen as not good enough ever. And, and that that's tough. So for me, it's a trigger. That's, and, I mean, that's all I'm going to say about it because that, I can't it's, it's heavy for me, Gabe, obviously, but I don't talk about it a lot, which is why it's right on the surface mm -hmm. at the moment. But that that's very hurtful um, to all of us who, you know, have, have just, I don't know, dedicated their lives to 
the love of the game that they've had over the years, like from when I was little and then mm -hmm. all the way up, like it's just, it never changed for me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. That's, um, it's that this brought back that experience. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's valid and fair. And I think a very rational response to this. And, and, and again, it's nothing to do with the uh, Nate, like you mentioned, no. probably a great, he is a great guy. I'm he's sure great he's a great dude. guy. They would, they wouldn't hire him if he wasn't probably I'm a great sure. dude. Probably amazing. I'm sure he's have great basketball mind. Yeah. Um, and to me, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think every WNBA coach has to be a black woman. I would prefer, I would like that, but I understand no. it's not necessarily how, who's no. going to be the best candidate. No. Um, here in Washington, Eric Tebow is the candidate. Oh, is yeah. our is our head coach, and Great. and you know I think it, he but he the difference is and I think Don said this last year at some point is that Eric put in his dues in women's basketball yes for a very long time long time and and yeah. he grew up in this game and he invested in this game he's yes. a part of this game and Don said it last year I remember in what context it came up but she was like we don't mind male head coaches who have paid their invested in this game and have paid their dividends in this game this is it's it's different thank you it is different thank you. i'll say it again it is different women's basketball is different thank you it's well at least and and at the very least at the top levels it's different maybe not in the high school levels i, I don't think it's like you know it's, it doesn't feel like that is that different in terms of coaching mm -hmm. at that level but when you should get to the you know co collegiate and professional is a very different universe in terms of everything. You yeah. Know, resources, people management. There's just a very different tone, tenor, yeah. way of doing things on the women's basketball side. Not better yeah. or worse, just different. And this person never was a part of that. Uh, and to me, it's just like you are, as you mentioned, Chris, you're skipping over all of the candidates in our side of the world that are qualified and are dying to be in the WNBA and right wanted to be in the WNBA for a long time. Right um, and, and Hey, look, I, I hope, look, I hope this guy becomes the best coach ever. I hope, I hope he becomes does. Mike Tebow, right? I hope he becomes the next, the guy who's here and we're talking about him in 40 years as uh, you know, the elder statesman, in the league. And, yeah. and there's a similar story with Mike Tebow who was yeah. in the men's side of the game and then came he over won. to, so it's not, again, this has nothing to do with the person it's the process of, of what Christy's saying of people being skipped over of our side of the sport um, feeling like it got skipped over. Right. And being handed the most money of any of the coaches in yeah. the league. Well, and so not I, Cynthia, I mean, I'm, Oh my God, my brain is like, but not Teresa <laughs> Feathers. Well, <laughs> so I don't, I, I'm just, I don't know. I like the whole highest paid thing. Hour, so. Like, I think, I don't know, like, I guess coaches salaries go up like the players do. And I'm just wondering if this guy has like a really good agent and there's some sort of like, you know, incentive. But then maybe not tell us because it's almost, that I think was even worse. Like, so this is what, this is why it's a problem. Know that? Can we not know everything? Like he, he's not going to know that's a problem. Hire that guy. Just hire him, hire him, hire coach Nate Tibbetts. And, and then don't tell us the financial. The, the, his, this guy and his agent. Made it worse. Yeah. Right. This guy and his agent, though, are not in women's basketball. They don't get it. They don't know why that's a problem because yeah. they haven't been like that is the problem right there. It's not because he's a bad guy. It's not because he's no. a, a, a bad agent. It's not because this is all done no. in bad faith and everyone should no. be happy. No, it's that 
he doesn't know that this is not the the thing you do no, because he's not in this side of the world and doesn't no. understand, you know, the culture of women's basketball. And yeah. and so I think that's just like one of the signs of like, oh, this person's like new around here. Like any agent would want to do that. Say, hey, my client is the highest paid client ever, whatever, to get no. to get good cred. That's not, not always, that was not a good idea. That was not, not a good idea. No, yes, being dragged so, on Twitter because of that. Or as whatever. I'm fond of saying in the business, we say that's not good. It's not good. Uh, you need, to, you need to talk to another lawyer. Yeah. And and Muffet McGraw um, had a thread. So please read it because I okay. I reposted one of them. But she had something to say about it. And I thought it was very profound. And I've been on panels with her, with the Women's Sports Foundation and Voices in Sport. Um, and she is still, obviously, you know, she was a longtime Hall of Fame coach at um, Notre Dame for years. And, you know, now she's doing broadcasting in the ACC for women's basketball. But I mean, she is, she's a, a huge voice for women in sports and equality in that space and equality in every way, equality and opportunity, equality in, in your finances. <laughs> right. Um, mm-hmm. But equality and, and, you know, just having the chance, I think the opportunity is even more so than the, than the money. Um, but then when you add that money part on, it just made it a lot worse, like throwing gasoline on a fire, like, wait, what? Um, and again, he's probably great. Um, Matt Ishbia is, is the, you know, I remember down there and I'm sure, you know, they go through the rigors, Kathy Engelbert too, I'm sure. I mean, she has to okay everything. And we know that he's going to be um, in that position for a reason to do well and win. Um, and then, you know, for Nikki Blue to rejuvenate that team, and give them that confidence to push on after they made a coaching change mid-season. I feel really badly for her because I saw her in in action and in motion mm-hmm. with that team, and they respected her at a high level. Um, and even though they had seven wins, I think I believe, uh, you know, that in no way equated to, you know, what she was trying to do. And they had some really good wins um, with her at the helm. So I just thought for sure that she would stay. And again, it's like me having to go pick up somebody for the job that I'm qualified for. Mm-hmm. That is the killer. Yeah. And the trigger for me. Oh. I, hopefully, I feel bad hopefully Nick- Blue, love you, baby. I love her. And man. she'll be she'll be back. She'll have a she will. She'll get she will. She'll be back in the future. She's terrific. And, and once you get that little once you get that little line, head coaching experience on your resume, it's a lot easier to get more of those. So hopefully Nikki Blue. Yeah. Um, yeah. is back on the first see the bench. And again, I really hope Nate Tibbetts has like a 40-year career in the WNBA and wins multiple championships and yeah. is just amazing. And in the end, we say, wow, this guy, you know, he really yeah. broke the mold and he really has embraced women's basketball. I, I hope it happens. Um, Me too. Same. A little upsetting this week, as Christy outlined, and I appreciate you Ooh, sharing that. Got my shoulders. Um, yeah. We are. We have talked for an hour and a half, though, so we should oh, probably. God, that's our longest pod. <laughs> uh, I think no, we've talked, we've talked, we've talked, we've longer. talked longer. Oh, over the pandemic, yeah, we did. Or the, yeah. like, we've, we've talked longer on multiple occasions. <laughs> we do this. This is our. This is what we do, Chris. This is what we do. Yeah. No, but no, it was it was a great chat of all things hoops and and college hoops coming next week. I love that. Uh, getting right into it, the beginning of November, all that tips off. So that's going to be fun. And oh my God, that Iowa game. Oh yeah, 55,646. And we'll get to that next week too. It was Details amazing. Next week. Oh my God, it was electrifying. And I, you know, I still get chills down my 
neck and my arms because it was a magical situation to be in. But anyway, speaking of magical, magical back-to-back uh, -back championship run for the Las Vegas Aces. So kudos to you guys, Becky Hammond, et al., the whole squad. We appreciate y'all for listening to our really long pod this time here <laughs> on Courtside with Christy and Gabe. So for Gabe Ibrahim, I'm Christy Winter-Scott, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.